Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us and lead and guide us as we study and learn more of Him. With that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Lord, you have given us a beautiful world to live in and so much to look forward to as we study your word and as we look forward to spending eternity with you. We ask that you open up the treasures of your word to us so that we may learn and know more of you. And we thank you so much for all that knowledge you have given us and all of the precious promises. And we cannot thank you enough for all of the blessings. And I ask that you continue to lead and guide us, help us to get rid of everything in our lives that is sinful and wicked. Help us to be overcomers and to come to you more with everything that goes on in our lives. We thank you and praise you and we ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful son's name. Amen. When I was younger, and even today still, I was fascinated with stories of history where people would find buried treasure and they would go on these searches and I'm fascinated with archaeology and the treasures that we have learned from studying ancient history and there are different types of treasure everywhere you go and people have heard stories stories of hidden treasure with a map that you have to figure out and of course everybody's familiar with pirates and them wanting treasure and it's always something that people are searching for. They are always interested in whether they can find a buried treasure. What if I told you that buried treasure can be found for everyone? That there is a map that will lead you straight to a treasure of your lifetime that will change you in ways you never Never even thought. Would you be interested in that treasure map? Well, it's a good thing I know exactly where you can find it. And I'm going to be reading this from Christ Object Lessons. It's called Hidden Treasure. And it is so amazing to hear and to see how this can impact our lives and how much we need it. As I'm reading this, I'll be commenting on it. So please, as you listen to these words, keep it in your mind, study, and know that you can have a treasure greater than any treasure in this world. It starts with this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure, hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. In ancient times, it was customary for men to hide their treasures in the earth. Thefts and robberies were frequent, and whenever there was a change in the ruling power, those who had large possessions were liable to be put under heavy tribute. Moreover, the country was in constant danger of invasion by marauding armies. As a consequence, the rich endeavored to preserve their wealth by concealing it, and the earth was looked upon as a safe hiding place. But often the place of concealment was forgotten. Death might claim the owner, imprisonment, or exile might separate him from his treasure, and the wealth that he had taken such pains to preserve was left for the fortunate finder. In Christ's day, it was not uncommon to discover in neglected land old coins and ornaments of gold and silver. Now that is very interesting, I think. It'd be kind of fun to stumble upon a treasure that you weren't expecting. She continues, a man hires land to cultivate, and as the oxen plow the soil, buried treasure is unearthed. As the man discovers
discovers this treasure, he sees that a fortune is within his reach. Restoring the gold to its hiding place, he returns to his home and sells all that he has in order to purchase the field containing the treasure. His family and his neighbors think that he is acting like a madman. Looking on the field, they see no value in the neglected soil. But the man knows what he is doing. And when he has a title to the field, he searches every part of it to find the treasure that he has secured. This parable illustrates the value of the heavenly treasure and the effort that should be made to secure it. Finder of the treasure in the field was ready to part with all that he had, ready to put forth untiring labor in order to search the hidden riches. So the finder of heavenly treasure will count no labor too great and no sacrifice too dear in order to gain the treasures of truth. In the parable, the field containing the treasure represents the holy scriptures, and the gospel is the treasure. The earth itself is not so interlaced with golden veins and filled with precious things as is the word of God. That is amazing to contemplate. Nothing in this world can compare to the treasures found in the word of God. We have such a rich knowledge before us. All we have to do is search for it. If I were to tell you that you could be rich and a millionaire, but all you would have to do is spend the rest of your life digging and searching and researching and you'll get golden nuggets as you go along. You'd be willing to do it because you'd be rich and it would line your pockets. How much more should we be willing to do that for our souls? Because the money on this earth is of little to no consequence. Everything in this earth is going to be destroyed eventually. We need to prepare for the kingdom to come. We need to put our treasures in heaven and not on this earth because one day the things of this earth is going to be worth nothing and then where will we be money will be of no use to us we must have treasure in heaven for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the bible tells us this over and over again she continues the treasures of the gospel are said to be hidden by those who are wise in their own estimation who are puffed up by the teaching of vain philosophy the beauty and power and mystery of the plan of redemption are not perceived. Many have eyes, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. They have intellect, but they discern not the hidden treasure. A man might pass over the place where treasure had been concealed. In dire necessity, he might sit down to rest at the foot of a tree, not knowing of the riches hidden at its roots. So it was with the Jews. As a golden treasure, truth has been instructed to the Hebrew people. The Jewish economy bearing the signature of heaven had been instituted by Christ himself. In types and symbols, the great truths of redemption were veiled. Yet when Christ came, the Jews did not recognize him to whom all these symbols pointed. They had the word of God in their hands, but the traditions which had been handed down from generation to generation and the human interpretation of the scriptures hid from them the truth as it is in Jesus. The spiritual import of the sacred writings was lost. The treasure house of all knowledge was open to them, but they knew it not. God does not conceal his truth from men. By their own course of action, they make it obscure to themselves. Christ gave the Jewish people abundant evidence that he was the Messiah, but his teaching called for a decided change in their lives. They saw that if they received Christ, they must give up their cherished maxims and traditions, their selfish, ungodly practices. It required a sacrifice to receive changeless, eternal truth. Therefore, they would not admit the most conclusive evidence that God could give to establish faith in Christ. They professed to believe the Old Testament scriptures, yet they refused to accept
accept the testimony contained therein concerning Christ's life and character. They were afraid of being convinced lest they should be converted and be compelled to give up their preconceived opinions. The treasure of the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life was among them, but they rejected the greatest gift that heaven could bestow. These are very powerful words and we need to take it to heart because we often do these things. We read the scriptures or the spirit of prophecy and we see things that convict us and know that we have to give up these certain things, but then we allow ourselves to intervene and say, oh, well, that's not really important. Or did he really mean that? Or that was just back in their day. It's different now. These are just some of the excuses that we give to ourselves to get out of doing the sin that we want to do because we love them. We cherish them. We want to hold on to our selfish practices, but we must sacrifice. We must change because God does not allow sin into heaven. And he asks us to give up these worldly, ungodly practices. We must be willing to do that. Just like this man is willing to sell all that he has in order to get treasure in heaven. And it's talking about how the Bible has types and symbols and great truths. And all we have to do is search for it. It reminds me of this history fact that I was recently studying. Back in World War II, people were decoding messages from the Germans. They would get these ciphers and then they would have to use a machine in order to figure it out. And they would pass on the message to their superiors in order to find dates uh, and times and places where things might be happening and events going on. And it was like this puzzle that they had to figure out. And it took intelligent people to kind of cipher these messages and write out and figure out the codes. And we must do the same thing. We must go through the Bible as if it's a hidden cipher and figure out all of the codes and we went, must cross-reference with other Bible verses and search to know the truth because some things are hidden. Some things we must know for ourselves and search the truth to see whether these things be so. It also reminds me of the vision that William Miller had and Ellen White talks about this vision in early writings and she talks about how William Miller had this dream where there was a box of gems given to him and these box of gems got spilled onto the floor and was covered up with all of the dust and the dirt and then all of a sudden an angel came along and he had a broom and a dustpan and he swept off all of the dirt and he swept all the gems and even the tiny littlest gems everything was restored back to its box and then the interpretation was given to him the gems and the jewels in the box represented the truths of the messages and some of these messages would be hidden for a time from our knowledge. We wouldn't get it. We wouldn't understand it. But then all of a sudden, we would know them again because the Lord would sweep away the dirt and the dust that had been hiding the, the truths that we have forgotten about and no longer searched and studied. And the Lord would make it clear unto us again. And we would realize that there is so much more in the scriptures. She even talks about how in heaven, we will still be learning from the Bible things that we never even knew of today. There are so many things that we have yet to discover and learn. We do not know anything. And those who are unwilling to put aside their preconceived notions are not going to be in heaven. If you are unwilling to learn or relearn certain things, then why are you even trying? Now, certain things are obvious, such as the state of the dead, the Sabbath, and all of these things that are obvious. But some of the more hidden truths take 
take deeper study and you must put everything together. Consider time and place and research. Study to show thyself approved. And this is what this is telling us. This parable is saying this is what we must do. We must dig as for a hidden treasure and we will see that there is so much more than what we realize. And the treasure is the greatest gift that heaven can bestow. And I want to figure out everything I can and I want to learn and relearn. And if that means giving up on certain things and changing the way I have been doing things, and if that means that I'm called an extremist and a fanatic and all of these things, then so be it. Because my salvation is worth it. My soul is worth it. And the love that I have for Jesus and the love that he has for me makes it all worth it. And I hope that you guys have that same wanting and that same longing to be with the Lord forever. She continues, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. We read, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. John 12, 42. They were convinced. They believed Jesus to be the son of God, but it was not in harmony with their ambitious desires to confess him. They had not the faith that would have secured for them the heavenly treasure. They were seeking worldly treasure. And today, men are eagerly seeking for earthly treasure. Their minds are filled with selfish, ambitious thoughts for the sake of gaining worldly riches honor or power. They place the maxims, traditions, and requirements of men above the requirements of God. From them the treasures of his word are hidden. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14 If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. See, we can know the truth, just like the Jews knew that Jesus was the Son of God, and yet reject it because we don't want to change, or because our desires and our ambitions get in the way. And these same things happen today that happened back then. We put our worldly riches and honor and power that we can receive above the requirements of God. We must be willing to sacrifice everything, even if that means we are last in some things, or if we do a good deed, we're not thanked for it, or honor is not bestowed upon us, or we don't receive some great reward. That is not the reason why we should be doing it. That is the wrong reason if you're doing it for that reason. We must do it because we want to help others, because we want to show them the love of God in our hearts. And that is why Jesus helped others. He didn't expect any reward. He did it because he wanted to show them that he loved them and he cared for them and that they could break free from the sins and the wickedness around them. We can break free from the darkness that is binding us. There is a powerful light that can cast out all of the darkness. We must be willing to shed off that darkness though. We have to be willing to work together with Christ. Otherwise, it will be for nothing. We cannot do this on our own. And we are given the tools needed to break free. And the biggest tool and the biggest treasure that we have in order to gain this knowledge and this victory is the Bible. And we must search and study and pray and the Lord will be with us. She continues, the Savior saw that men were absorbed in getting gain and were losing sight of eternal realities. He undertook to correct this evil. He sought to break the infatuating spell that was paralyzing the soul. Lifting up his voice, he cried, what is a man profiteth if he 
shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16, 26. He presents before fallen humanity the nobler world they have lost sight of, that they may behold eternal realities. He takes them to the threshold of the infinite, flushed with the indescribable glory of God, and shows them the treasures there. The value of this treasure is above gold or silver. The riches of earth's minds cannot compare with it. And that is so beautiful. It reminds me of the story in Pilgrim's Progress, the parable that the interpreter told. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend that you read it. It's really great. But there's this scene where Christian goes to this house called the interpreter's house, and he's showing him all of these different things. And he shows him this vision of this man who is raking in the field. And above him is an angel, and he's holding out this golden crown. And he wants to exchange the man for what he is currently holding on to. I can't remember how it exactly goes, but I'm paraphrasing, if you will. And so the man does not look up to see that crown in the angel's hand. So he refuses to give up the thing that he's holding on to. If he would just look up and see the things that are being offered to him, he would gladly get rid of the things that he's holding on to because it is pale in comparison. We must be looking up to the treasures that are offered us, the treasures that are to come. The greatest treasure of all is not the gold and the silver waiting for us in heaven. No, the greatest treasure is to spend time with the Lord in heaven, to learn more of his truth, to learn more of his love, to gather that knowledge and to be with him for all eternity. And that is the treasure that we should be searching for and longing to gain. And it will be worth far more than the rubies and the diamonds and the gold and the silver that this world can offer us here. Job 28, 14 through 18 says, The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. This is the treasure that is found in the scriptures. The Bible is God's great lesson book, his great educator. The foundation of all true science is contained in the Bible. Every branch of knowledge may be found by searching the word of God. And above all else, it contains the science of all sciences, the science of salvation. The Bible is the mine of the unsearchable riches of Christ. The true higher education is gained by studying and obeying the word of God. But when God's word is laid aside for books that do not lead to God in the kingdom of heaven, the education acquired is a perversion of the name. There are wonderful truths in nature. The earth, the sea, and the sky are all full of truth. They are our teachers. Nature utters her voice in lessons of heavenly wisdom and eternal truth. But fallen man will not understand. Sin has obscured his vision, and he cannot of himself interpret nature without placing it above God. Correct lessons cannot impress the minds of those who reject the word of God. The teaching of nature is by them so perverted that it turns the mind away from the creator. And that is exactly what evolution is doing to people. And I know people personally who are evolutionists and atheists, and they think that they are smarter and the wisdom from other men are smarter than the wisdom that God has given us in his book. 
and in, we need to study it because there is no greater knowledge. The true higher education is gained by studying, obeying the word of God. That is amazing. That's mind-blowing. And that the science of all sciences is the science of salvation. We should be spending an hour every day contemplating the scenes of the salvation of, of the cross and the life of Christ. Because in them, we can see how much love that the Lord really has for us. And we can never study it too much. We need to study more of nature with God. We need to really appreciate everything that God has given us. And we will see how great it is. I remember when I first learned that the stars tell the story of salvation, my mind was blown. It was amazing to know that the constellations that people are saying tell your future and your life story is a perversion of the truth. These constellations are actually telling the story of salvation. The virgin, the deadly snake, the lion of Judah, Orion, the great warrior fighting our battles. And these are just to name a few. It's really amazing when you study it out. I was so encouraged to know that. And every time I look up at the stars now, I just think of that and think of the salvation that the Lord has given to me and the story and all of the great things he has done. And that is what we need to do when we go out in nature. We need to think of the lessons that Jesus told us in the Bible and the precious truths and we need to think of the Garden of Eden and how Eden will be restored and how there is so much more to learn from these things. Nature was the first book that we studied from before the Bible was ever written and that is just amazing to think about. She continues, By many, man's wisdom is thought to be higher than the wisdom of the divine teacher and God's lesson book is looked upon as old-fashioned stale and uninteresting. But by those who have been vivified by the Holy Spirit, it is not so regarded. They see the priceless treasure and would sell all to buy the field that contains it. Instead of books containing the suppositions of reputedly great authors, they choose the word of him who is the greatest author and the greatest teacher the world has ever known, who gave his life for us, that through him we might have everlasting lasting life. And that is so true. We must not go by man's thoughts. We have the greatest teacher ever given. And the greatest lesson book is this Bible. And some people don't even have the privilege of owning a Bible. We must consider ourselves lucky. And there will come a time when our Bibles will be taken away from us. So now is the time to hide this word in our heart. The treasure must be hidden inside of us. She continues, Satan works on human minds, leading them to think that there is wonderful knowledge to be gained apart from God. By deceptive reasoning, he led Adam and Eve to doubt God's word and to supply its place with a theory that led to disobedience. And his sophistry is doing today what it did in Eden. Teachers who mingle the sentiments of infidel authors with the education they are giving plant in the minds of youth thoughts that will lead to distrust of God and transgression of his law. Little do they know what they are doing. Little do they realize what will be the result of their work. A student may go through all the grades of the schools and colleges of today. He may devote all his powers 
opposed to acquiring knowledge. But unless he has a knowledge of God, unless he obeys the laws that govern his being, he will destroy himself. By wrong habits, he loses his power of self-appreciation. He loses self-control. He cannot reason correctly about matters that concern him most closely. He is reckless and irrational in his treatment of mind and body. By wrong habits, he makes of himself a wreck. Happiness he cannot have, for his neglect to cultivate pure, healthful principles places him under the control of habits that ruin his peace. His years of taxing study are lost, for he has destroyed himself. He has misused his physical and mental powers, and the temple of God is in ruins. He is ruined for this life and for the life to come. By acquiring earthly knowledge, he thought to gain a treasure, but by laying his Bible aside, he sacrificed a treasure worth everything else. And those are words to take into consideration. So powerful. So many people think an education and a degree is what is important today. And they are so proud of the fact that they have all of this wisdom and knowledge. But what is all of that knowledge worth when you don't know what the Bible says? When you don't have the true treasure in your heart? All of that knowledge is like dust. Solomon was the wisest man on earth, yet he made the mistake of going away from God for a while. And he himself will tell you that there's nothing more beautiful and more sacred than the Bible and the truths that are in it. Read Proverbs if you don't believe me. He realized his mistake and he corrected it and he repented. And this is what we must do. This is why we must be careful where we send our children. And we'll be getting into that in another podcast about true education. But we need to be very careful and very considerate when you're thinking about going to college or going into school. Just for now, I'll just say pray about it. But we'll get into that maybe another time. She continues, the word of God is to be our study. We are to educate our children in the truths found therein. It is an inexhaustible treasure. But men fail to find this treasure because they do not search until it is within their possession. Very many are content with a supposition in regard to the truth. They are content with a surface work, taking for granted that they have all that is essential. They take the sayings of others for truth, being too indolent to put themselves to diligent, earnest labor, represented in the word as digging for hidden treasure. But man's inventions are not only unreliable, they are dangerous, for they place man where God should be. They place the sayings of men where a thus saith the Lord should be. Christ is the truth. His words are truth, and they have a deeper significance than appears on the surface. All the sayings of Christ have a value beyond their unpretending appearance. Minds that are quickened by the Holy Spirit will discern the value of these sayings. They will discern the precious gems of truth, though these may be buried treasures. Human theories and speculations will never lead to an understanding to God's word. Those who suppose that they understand philosophy think that their explanations are necessary to unlock the treasures of knowledge and to prevent heresies from coming into the church. But it is these explanations that have brought in false theories and heresies. Men have made desperate efforts to explain what they thought to be intricate scriptures, but too often their efforts have only darkened that which they have tried to make clear. The priests and Pharisees thought they were doing great things as teachers by putting their own interpretations upon the word of God. But Christ said to them, Ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. Mark 12, 24. He charged them with 
the guilt of teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, Mark 7, 7. Though they were the teachers of the oracles of God, though they were supposed to understand his word, they were not doers of the word. Satan had blinded their eyes that they should not see its true import. So we must not let others tell us what is truth. We cannot just sit under a pastor and believe everything he says because he could be saying things that are not true and things that he was taught, but they doesn't mean that they're true. We must study for ourselves. And she says this very thing, that this is the work of many in our day. Many churches are guilty of this sin. There is danger, great danger, that the supposed wise men of today will repeat the experience of the Jewish teachers. They falsely interpret the divine oracles. The souls are brought into perplexity and shrouded in darkness because of their misconception of divine truth. The scriptures need not be read by the dim light of tradition or human speculation. As well might we try to give light to the sun with a torch as to explain the scriptures by human tradition or imagination. God's holy word needs not the torchlight glimmer of earth to make its glories distinguishable. It is light in itself, the glory of God revealed, and beside it every other light is dim. And that is amazing. Our salvation depends on a knowledge of the truth contained in the scriptures. It is God's will that we should possess this. We must search out the scriptures and see whether these things be so. We need the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit in order to discern the truths in God's word. The lovely things of the natural world are not seen until the sun, dispelling the darkness, floods them with its light. So the treasure and the word of God are not appreciated until they are revealed by the bright beams of the sun of righteousness. The Holy Spirit, sent from heaven by the benevolence of infinite love, takes the things of God and reveals them to every soul that has an implicate faith in Christ. By his power, the vital truths upon which the salvation of the soul depends are impressed upon the mind, and the way of life is made so plain that none need err therein. As we study the scriptures, we should pray for the light of God's Holy Spirit to shine upon the word that we may see and appreciate its treasures. And this is so true. We need to pray and get the light and we need the Son of Righteousness to dispel the darkness that is ever around us. We must take these things to heart and do what it is saying to us. This whole chapter is so important. Please read chapter 8 in Christ Object Lessons for yourself. There is so much more in there. Read the whole chapter for yourself. This is the knowledge which is obtained by searching the Word of God. And this treasure may be found by every soul who will give all to obtain it. If thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 2, 3 through 5. I couldn't read the whole chapter as I didn't have the time, but go read it for yourself. There's so much more in there that is so powerful. This whole chapter is so great and so much to learn from it and so beautifully put and it is amazing and I want that treasure unlike all of the other hidden treasures on this earth because that is the one worth losing everything for and there will come a time when we will lose everything in order to keep the truth and to love and to stand up for the truth and we must ask ourselves if we are willing to do that and I hope that you take this into heart and into consideration as well. I thought this song fit perfectly with what we were talking about. It's called Above All. 
above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone, you lived, died, rejected and alone like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall, but you thought of me above all, above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. you thought of me above all, like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall, and you thought of me above all. And he did think about us above all these things, and above all of the things that this world has to offer. He is the greatest treasure of all, and we must search to find that treasure as we would for any treasure down here. As I said many times, these treasures mean nothing. And I hope that you have now realized this and I pray that this has been encouraging to you. And remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with that being said, let your light shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.